Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Purge from us the things that are ungodly. Cause us to prioritize what really matters and what's really important and to make God preeminent in our lives once again. You've experienced that where you've gone through a trial of some kind and it has the effect of getting you praying more and seeking the Lord more and in the Word more. All of those things get you where you're supposed to be. It's unfortunate that God has to use trials to get us there, right? It would be so much better if we would just do that naturally on our own. God can and does use any means necessary to get people's attention and return their hearts to Him. He'll use the trials and suffering in your life or the destruction and fear in the world to cause you to seek Him again. Pastor Dan teaches today that God wants to gather, protect, and provide for people. But often people aren't willing to love Him, unless they have to. And when life is so desperate, God is there waiting. When you return to Him in repentance, He forgives and reconciles you to Himself. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Ezekiel chapter 11 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. is what the Lord says. Verse 5, Thus you have said, O house of Israel, for I know the things that come into your mind. I know what you're thinking. And you have multiplied your slain in this city, and you have filled its streets with the slain. Verse 7, Therefore thus says the Lord God, your slain whom you have laid in its midst, they are the meat, and this city is the cauldron, but I shall bring you out of the midst of it. You have feared the sword, and I will bring a sword upon you, says the Lord God, and I will bring you out of its midst and deliver you into the hands of strangers and execute judgments on you. You shall fall by the sword. I will judge you at the border of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. This city shall not be your cauldron. Nor shall you be the meat in its midst. I will judge you at the border of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord. For you have not walked in my statutes. Nor executed my judgments. But have done according to the customs of the Gentiles. Which are all around you. God God tells the people you are not safe in this city. I'm going to take you out of this city. And I'm going to judge you by the sword. Speaking of the Babylonians, he's going to use the Babylonians. In verse 11, the Lord says, I will judge you at the border of Israel. If you remember uh, from our study of Jeremiah, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, 
when he came into that region on a military campaign, he set up his headquarters at a place called Ribla. Uh, I think it's in Jeremiah chapter 52, where he sets up his headquarters at, at Ribla. Ribla is in Syria today. It's just across the border from, from Israel. And the Babylonians, they carried all the captives of Judah to Ribla. And from Ribla, that was, you know, the, the headquarters for the Babylonians in that region. From Ribla, they sent them into exile. That's what God's talking about here when he says, I'm going to judge you at the border of Israel. He takes them to Ribla. He judges them there. In verse 12, we're reminded the reason for this judgment. Because you've not walked in my statutes nor executed my judgments, but have done according to the customs of the Gentiles, which are all around you. They, they were destroyed as a nation because they had turned their back on God. Now it happened, verse 13. Now check this out. While I was prophesying <laughs> that Pelatea, the son of Benaiah, died. And then I fell on my face and cried with a loud voice and said, Ah, Lord God, will you make a complete end of the remnant of Israel? As Ezekiel is preaching against these false teachers and their message, one of those false teachers drops dead in the middle of his message. Wowzers. I mean, that's, that's pretty intense to have him you know, denouncing them. Thus saith the Lord. And one of those guys drops dead right there in front of them. You, you would think that that would strike fear in the other false teachers, the other 24 that are still standing there, and that they would repent immediately. I mean, Ezekiel himself falls on his face in response to witnessing this. But those false teachers didn't repent. Even seeing one of their own drop dead right in front of them. They still didn't repent. They didn't react at all. You know, in the New Testament, it talks about those who are past feeling. Those whose conscience is seared. That they're just, they're, they're unaffected. They're unaffected. Even seeing someone drop dead from God's judgment right in front of them. No, it doesn't penetrate. No effect at all. You know, some people, their life gets just completely ruined by sin and, and destroyed, and the, but their heart is so hard. And you look at their life and you wonder, man, what else has to happen to that guy before he finally turns to God? How much worse does it have to get? I mean, what else does God have to do to get that person's attention? Verse 14 says, again, the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, your brethren, your relatives, your countrymen and all the house of Israel in its entirety. Are those about whom the inhabitants of Jerusalem have said, get far away from the Lord. This land has been given to us as a possession. This this is what those that were dwelling in Jerusalem were saying about those who had been carried away to Babylon. Those who were dwelling in Jerusalem 
thought that those that had been carried away to Babylon were the ones that were under God's judgment. And that those that were in Babylon were the ones who were far away from God. And those that were carried away to Babylon were the ones that God abandoned. Not them, not those that were still in Jerusalem. They thought that they, still being in Jerusalem, shows that they are the true remnant and that they are the one in God's favor. And they were wrong. They could not be more wrong in their assessment. You know, it just reminds us that things aren't always the way that they appear to us. Things aren't always the way that they, they, they look. We, we look on the outward and we conclude based on appearances that, well, well God is with this group and he's not with that group. Or God is for this and he, he, he must be against that. Or God's showing this, this group favor, but not that, that group. Or God is in this, but he's not in that. Or God is on the move here, but God is not on the move there. You know, we, we look at things and we kind of judge based on, you know, just, just human measurements. You know, how big it is or how bright it is or how, how much it makes sense to us. And well, then that, that's, that must be what God's in, into and not this other thing. That's how they were judging those that were carried away to Babylon. They're the ones who are under the curse, not us. We're here in Jerusalem. They're the ones who are far away from God, not us. We're still here. We're right. They're wrong. In the New Testament, we're told that, that God likes to choose the weak things and the foolish things and the things that the world counts as nothing, that God likes to choose nobodies. He, he likes the despised. He likes the rejected. The things that God chooses quite often are contrary to what the world would choose. Paul described himself and other believers as the offscouring of the world. You know what that is? That's the stuff you scour off, the off-scour. Like if you have a pan that you've baked lasagna in, and you've got all that dried, baked, burnt cheese, and you've got to scour it off, the off-scouring. Paul says that's how the world views us as followers of Jesus, just the the off-scouring of the world. that's, that's, That's who God chooses. He doesn't choose the way that we choose. He doesn't look at things the way that we look at them. Not from a human level. And so things aren't always as, as they appear to us on the, on the surface, right? You don't have all the details. You don't have all the information. You don't have all the facts. And you can look at something and you can make a judgment on it. And your judgment can be completely wrong. Because you don't have all the facts. And here the people in Jerusalem are looking at those that have been carried away to Babylon as the ones who were under judgment and the ones that were abandoned by God. And they didn't realize they were the ones who were actually under judgment. Therefore, verse 16, look, look at verse 16 now. Therefore, say, thus says the Lord God, although I have cast them far off among the Gentiles, speaking of those that are in Babylon, 
And although I have scattered them among the countries, look what he says, yet I shall be a little sanctuary for them in the countries where they have gone. God left the temple in Jerusalem and he went to dwell with the people that were living in exile in Babylon. God didn't simply depart from Jerusalem. He departed to the exiles to be their sanctuary. He's left the sanctuary in Jerusalem to go be a sanctuary to those that are in exile. The people in Jerusalem could not be more wrong in their assessment of things. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. He says, I'll be a little sanctuary to them wherever they are. It's a good reminder for us that God is our sanctuary, right? No matter where we are, God is our refuge. God is our sanctuary. He's a sanctuary for us during, during our trials. You know, in, uh, in, uh, in the Psalms, Psalm 61, verse 3. For you have been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in your tabernacle forever. I will trust in the shelter of your wings. You know, God is our sanctuary. He's our refuge. He's our hiding place. He's our strong tower that we run to. And here you have this group in Jerusalem. It's looking at the group that's in Babylon and saying, man, God is so not with them. and God is so far from them and they are so far from God. And they don't even realize that God has left them. God has left the building. And God has gone to dwell among them in Babylon. Verse 17 says, therefore, say, thus says the Lord God, Look at the, the promise now that he makes to those that are in Babylon. I will gather you from the peoples, assemble you from the countries where you have been scattered, and I will give you the land of Israel. God not only would be a sanctuary to the people in exile, but he, he promises that he will bring them back from their exile and bring them back into the land of Israel and give them the land. Not the people in Jerusalem, but the people that are living in exile. And they will go there and they will take away all its detestable things and all its abominations from there. God sent them to Babylon because of their idolatry. Babylon was a land filled with idolatry. It was like God said, "Okay, if you want idols, I'm going to send you to a place where you're going to get so sick of idols. But you're never going to want another idol. And so God used that, that time in exile to purify them and to, 
uh, to, you know, to purge this desire for other gods from their system. Remove the idolatry. God uses times of testing in our own lives to purify us. To purge from us the things that are ungodly. To cause us to prioritize what really matters and what's really important. And to make God preeminent in our lives once again. You've experienced that where you've gone through a trial of some kind and it it has the effect of getting you praying more and seeking the Lord more and in the word more and all of those things gets you where you're supposed to be. It's unfortunate that God has to use trials to get us there, right? It would be so much better if we would just do that naturally on our own. But I'm glad that he uses those trials and affliction to cause us to seek him. That's what he does here. He sends them off to Babylon so that they will not want idols anymore. Verse 19. Then. So after he brings them back into the land and gives them their land, they've removed the detestable things and all the abominations. Then I will give them one heart and I will put a new spirit within them. And I will take the stony heart out of their flesh and give them a heart of flesh. A stony heart is a heart that is unresponsive to God. And he's going to remove that stony heart and give them a heart of flesh. That they may walk in my statutes and keep my judgments and do them. And they shall be my people and I will be their God. But as for those whose hearts follow the desire for their detestable things and their abominations, I will recompense their deeds on their own heads, says the Lord God. So God says, I'm going I'm to give you your own land. I'm going to uh, give you one heart. You'll be united. I'll put a new spirit within you. I'll take away your stony heart, give you a heart of flesh so that you walk out in my statutes and keep my judgments and, and do them. And then you shall be my people and I will be their God. That, that's been the goal the whole time, right? This is why Jesus Christ came and died on the cross, because God wants to be our God. He wants us to be his people, to reconcile us back together. Now, what's described here in Ezekiel uh, has not really been fulfilled. Uh, this was not fulfilled after the Babylonian captivity with the group that came back to Jerusalem and rebuilt the city of Jerusalem and rebuilt the temple. God, God did not uh, give them one heart and put a new spirit in them and take away the stony heart and give them a heart of flesh so that they would walk in his statutes and keep his judgments. This hasn't happened yet. This is something that will be fulfilled, I believe, in, in the future. It's going to be something that takes place, the Bible tells us, during the last days. Now, we can look at these verses and we, we can say that, okay, well, God is regathering the Jewish people back into their homeland currently. We see that happening. He has given them their own land. We see that fulfilled. One day, God will give them uh, a new heart, a heart for him and put a new spirit within them. But that hasn't happened yet. So I I believe we are living just before the fulfillment of verse 19. And we're sitting right between verses 18 and 19 currently, waiting for verse 19 to be fulfilled, which is going to happen during the tribulation period, as we know. 
So finally, verse 22. So the cherubim lifted up their wings with the wheels beside them and the glory of God of the God of Israel was high above and the glory of the Lord went up from the midst of the city and stood on the mountain, which is on the east side of the city. The mountain on the east side of the city is the Mount of Olives. And so now God has not only departed from the temple, he's left the city. He's departed from Jerusalem. And he is standing over the Mount of Olives. Now, if you'll turn with me over to the New Testament, to Matthew chapter 23, we see a very similar picture uh, with Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 23. We're going to come back to Ezekiel. So don't lose your place there. But here in Matthew 23, verse 37, this is Jesus speaking. He's, he, Jesus is in Jerusalem, and it seems as you read it, he's in the temple in Jerusalem. Verse 37, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her, how often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wing, but you were not willing. Right? So you see his heart here. His heart is to gather them, protect them, provide for them. Like a mother hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. It's not that God wasn't willing. They weren't willing to let him. So see, your house is left to you desolate, for I say to you, you shall see me no more till you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, speaking of his second coming. Then Jesus went out and he departed from the temple. And his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? So Jesus leaves the temple because they've rejected him. And he goes out to the Mount of Olives. It's the same scene that we see in Ezekiel. With the glory of God departing from the temple and going out to the Mount of Olives. And so once again here, the glory of God in the person of Jesus Christ departs from the temple and goes out to the Mount of Olives. Now, back in Ezekiel, we'll finish up here. Last couple verses. Verse 24, then the spirit took me up and brought me in a vision by the spirit of God into Chaldea, back into Babylon, to those in captivity. And the vision that I had seen went up from me. And so I spoke to those in captivity of all the things the Lord had shown me. Ezekiel was given this vision, not for himself. Not just for his own, you know, spiritual experience. Ezekiel was given this vision to instruct and warn the people of Israel and to warn the elders of Israel. He was given this vision to, for the edification of others, just as the gifts of the Spirit are given to us for the edification of others. 
to be used to minister to the body of Christ. And here, Ezekiel was given this vision to minister to the people of Israel that were in Babylon. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan as we study verse by verse through the book of Ezekiel. In Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 26 through 27, the Lord says, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues and be careful to obey my rules. No matter how far away you stray from God, He never gives up on you. He always offers restoration and hope, even after you might reject it. What a gift and what love. If you'd like to hear this message again or more from Pastor Dan, we encourage you to visit our website, calvaryec.com. We also encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your walk with Jesus. If you're ever in or near the Columbia, Maryland area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Each week, we gather together at 10 a.m. on Sunday to worship our Savior and study God's Word. And we'd be honored to share that time with you. Check out calvaryec.com to find directions and to learn more about the church behind this ministry. Again, that was Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. We're so glad you joined us today, and we pray this message has been a blessing and encouraged you in your faith. Pastor Dan will have much more to share from the book of Ezekiel when you tune in again right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes Rings true.